LSU defensive tackle Mason Smith is suspended for the first game of the season against Florida State. You are Locked On LSU, your daily podcast on the LSU Tigers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Well, thank you for making Locked and LSU your first listen every single day. We are free and available wherever you get your podcast. Plus, you can also check us out on YouTube as well. Just search Locked and LSU in the search bar, hit that subscribe button, and you'll get notified as soon as Locked on LSU drops. Also, today's edition of Locked on LSU is brought to you by Bird Dogs. Go to birddogs.com slash locked on college or enter the promo code locked on college, all one word, for a free white tech hat with any purchase. You won't want to take your bird dogs off. We promise you. Well, let's get into it because myself and I think you and all LSU fans were patiently awaiting the return of LSU defensive tackle Mason Smith. He was poised for a breakout season in 2022, but that season was cut short, you know, dramatically short whenever he tore his ACL in that first game against Florida State in the 2022 season in New Orleans. So, you know, he works all offseason to rehab. He comes back into spring practice. He's doing drills early in spring practice and then throughout fall camp has worked to get healthy and worked to get back to 100%. Now it's experienced a few setbacks. Of course, we know that he suffered a little bit of a foot tweak in practice just a few weeks ago, but really for the most part, I mean, we were all, and I'm sure he was too, prepped and ready for a Mason Smith return. What could he add to this defense in addition to Makai Wingo, in addition to the pieces that LSU added to this defensive line, this defensive front in the offseason? Looking at an Omar Spates from Oregon State, an Ovia Gufo from Texas, a Braden Swinson from Oregon, so on and so forth. But we're going to have to continue to be patient because that return of Mason Smith has been delayed a little bit longer than we all expected. Wilson Alexander of The Athletic, so shout out to Wilson, continues to do wonderful reporting for the LSU football team, reported on Wednesday afternoon that Mason Smith has been suspended for the first game of the 2023 season, that game against Florida State, because the NCAA investigated and found that Mason Smith received, quote, impermissible benefits. Now, when I first heard this, my first thought was, now, somebody explained to me how you receive impermissible benefits in the world of NIL. Like, I, that, that makes absolutely zero sense to me. Pre-NIL, I get it. If there's any sort of cash exchange. There's any sort of ride provided. There's any sort of the stupid NCAA rules that existed before NIL. I, I get that. That's easy to track. That's easy to see. You see a quid pro quo action. In the NIL era, I mean, there's... No such thing as an impermissible benefit. There are literally alumni and donors of the school writing checks to players. I mean, that's over with. And it was reported, I believe, first by Matt Moscona of 104.5 in Baton Rouge that he, both he, Mason Smith, and Keishan Booty signed autographs. And that is why Mason Smith is going to be suspended for the first game of the season. Now, Signing autographs is not against the rules in the NCAA. Receiving something in return for signing autographs is against the rules, whether it's money, whether it's 
you know, whatever. And th- that was against the rules, at least pre-NIL. Now you can, you know, sign an autograph and get $6 million in return for all you care. But pre-NIL, you could not sign autographs and get something in return for that. And it was found by the NCAA that both Keishon Booty and Mason Smith did receive, quote, impermissible benefits for said autographs. Keishon Booty served that suspension earlier this past season. You know, he missed the New Mexico game because of the birth of his daughter and then later missed the UAB game when Brian Kelly said it was, you know, the flu. Obviously, it was not the flu. Um, that Keishan Booty was serving that suspension. And then uh, the LSU program was notified earlier this summer that Mason Smith would have to serve his suspension the first game of this season, given he was injured this past season. Now, let me get into this. Let me get on my soapbox. Because I think that the NCAA is the most hypocritical, spineless, and sham of an organization than any other organization that may exist. Because the NCAA makes their un- own rules. The NCAA is a governing body that has no checks and balances. The NCAA can really, they can do whatever they want. They want to give Mason Smith a game suspension? That's fine, they can do that. Let's say another player from another team is investigated for something that they did in the pre-NIL era. If the NCAA wants to give that player two games, they can give that player two games. Johnny Manziel got suspended for half a game for signing autographs back in 2013. We all watched the Johnny Manziel documentary. We saw that on, uh, on full display. That Johnny Manziel did receive, quote, impermissible benefits for those autographs, but the NCAA just couldn't prove it. So the NCAA is always has been a slimy organization that has, in my opinion, focused more on affecting players' lives in a negative way instead of providing support to student-athletes. That the NCAA has felt like they're doing whatever they can to try and catch a player or to try and catch a coach instead of providing valuable, well, I'll just say value, to the lives of college athletes. I think the NCAA is an incredibly crooked organization. And I think that this is such a, you know, just a pathetic excuse for themselves to try to maintain some sort of relevancy. Because once NIL became legal, the NCAA's role in college sports shrunk immensely. To the point where we're now talking about a future in college football that may not even involve the NCAA. That I could see a path in 25, 30 years, maybe even less. I could see a path to college football breaking away from the NCAA. Having the college football playoff be the governing body. Maybe that sounds crazy, but also USC and UCLA to the Big Ten sounds crazy. So anything can happen. So I think the NCAA is doing anything in their power to try to stay relevant, to try and maintain some sort of fist over college sports, to try and find some way where there is a world of NIL in college athletics. And let me just speak specifically toward college football. There is a world in college football where the NCAA matters. That's what this feels like to me. 
All of that being said, you know, I think the NCAA is pathetic, truly, for this. I think that punishing players for things that happened two years ago is pathetic. I think that postseason bans that the NCAA has placed on several programs, football, basketball, baseball, whatever it might be, imposing those postseason bans on teams that don't have that same head coach and that don't have the same players is pathetic because you're punishing current players and coaches for the actions of former players and coaches. Tell me, in what world is that justice? In what world is that right? I think that vacating wins is just stupid because it doesn't do anything. All it does is erase the record books. It doesn't erase our memories from what happened that season. So as crooked of an organization uh, as the NCAA is, there's a but there. And I want to get into that coming up next. I want to tell you about bird dogs. Look, bird dogs make you look good. Bird dogs make you feel good because they're made of a stretch khaki short material that are designed to fit slimmer through the thigh and leg, giving you a truly sculpted and snatched look. I mean, they do the same things as maybe, like think of Lululemon shorts, for example. They make you look so slim, but they fit way better. And they fit way better than maybe a regular short that are made of like a super stiff or restricting cotton, maybe like a khaki short, because Bird Dogs developed this cloud knit fabric. And it looks like khaki shorts. It looks like nice shorts that you might wear to the golf course or maybe nice pants that you could wear to work. But they stretch, so they get you a way slimmer fit without having to sacrifice movement. And Bird Dogs also uses anti-stink and sweat wicking fabric that keeps you cool and dry all day long. Where I live in Nashville, we had false fall last week where it was nice, crisp, 75 degrees, and now it's like 100 degrees. So we are now in second summer, and it doesn't look like it's slowing down anytime soon. So bird dogs are the perfect option for hot days like today. Maybe you're going to the lake for Labor Day. You can wear your bird dogs there. And one great thing about bird dogs is when you use the promo code Locked On College, you get a free white tech hat. So go to birddogs.com slash college, or you can enter the promo code college, all one word, for a free white tech hat with your order. That's birddogs.com slash college, or promo code college for a free white tech hat. You won't want to take your bird dogs off. We promise you. Well, thanks again for making Locked on LSU your first listen every single day. We are free and available wherever you get your podcasts. And hey, the two-part Ultimate College Football Preview is live on Locked on SEC. So I hung out with the hosts of Locked on Alabama, Locked on Vols, and Locked on Georgia Bulldogs. And we talked about all of the contenders in the SEC. So you can check that out on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. So the news that came out yesterday, broken by Wilson Alexander of The Athletic, that Mason Smith will be suspended for the first game of the season. He's out against Florida State, which is a huge hit to this defensive line and to this defense, this team as a whole. We'll get into that part. But I just got up on my soapbox about how pathetic I think the NCAA is. Because I think it's so unfair and so unjust for punishments, for actions this, you know, so long ago. Surely there's got to be some sort of statute of limitations on these things. But the NCAA is a governing body that has zero checks and balances. 
And in this country, that would never exist in our government. That doesn't work like that. But the NCAA is its own government. So as much as I disrespect the NCAA, to be completely frank with you, as much as so many things I think that they do are so backwards and so anti-student-athlete, if we can even call them student-athletes these days in the NIL era. But what Mason did was Mason Smith did was against the rules. It happened like days, weeks. I believe Ross Dellinger reported that, that this happened ju- early July of 2021 and NIL became legal late July 2021. So we're talking weeks before anything that he and Keishon Booty did was illegal. But it was against the rules. I don't care if NIL became legal just a couple weeks later. When they did it, it was against the rules. When they did it, signing autographs for something in return is illegal by the NCAA. And those are the rules. Those were the rules for the longest time. And they knew that. Even when those rules became completely irrelevant and completely evaporated from this world of college football and college sports as a whole just a couple of weeks later. They still broke the rules. As stupid as the rules were, as backwards as they seemed, and as backwards as they seemed because now they're not even rules anymore, (laughs) because the Supreme Court ruled that unconstitutional to have those rules in place. But they were still rules at the time. So I can't dispute the decision by the NCAA, as stupid as I think it is, as as anti-athlete as I think it is, the NCAA still has every right to do that. And that's the frustrating thing. That's the annoying thing, is any very fair argument that you might have against the NCAA and them making this decision, every rebuttal back that the NCAA can have or the pro NCAA people out there, which I don't even know how many there are out there, can be, that's the rules. That's the rules. I think about it like if I, you know, get pulled over when I'm driving, if I get pulled over because the speed limit is 45 and I'm going 60, well, I'll get a speeding ticket for that. If the next week the speed limit is raised to 60, I don't not have to pay that ticket anymore just because the speed limit was raised to 60 a week after I got my ticket. Because the, the, the rationale is, well, the speed limit was 45 at the time. You know, it's, and it doesn't matter how close it was. Let's say, you know, when I, I'm in my radio station right now. I can't, I can't smoke in here. I can't smoke a cigarette in here. But if I walk one foot outside, like one step outside the door, I can smoke a cigarette. I can do whatever the heck I want. But you step one foot inside and you can't anymore. That's the rules. And sometimes the, the, the margin of difference between breaking a rule and abiding by a rule can be so incredibly thin. It can be one step outside this door. It can be one day where the rules are changed. But that is what it is. Those are the rules that were in place at the time. And it feels so stupid. It feels so stupid to be serving a punishment for a crime that was committed that is no longer a crime. 
But like I look at Reggie, Reggie Bush, for example. A lot of people are saying that Reggie Bush should get his Heisman back. And I get it. I understand. Because what Reggie Bush did at the time when he was at USC, you know, he was you know, getting money from boosters and they lived in a home in San Diego paid by boosters because what he did at the time, the reason why his, you know, stats were eliminated from the record book and his Heisman was taken away was because that was not allowed at the time, but now it is allowed. But if the NCAA reinstates his stats and the Heisman trust gives him his Heisman back, then you basically have to retroactively make amends with every single player and program that you either suspended or vacated wins for, for getting impermissible benefits. And I don't think that the NCAA nor the Heisman Trust are really in the business of now, you know, paying sanctions back. I don't think that they're really in the, in the space to give back reparations because they can just say, hey, you broke the rule at the time. It was against the rules at the time. And it doesn't matter if the rules change the next day. You still broke the rules. So as frustrating as this is, as big of a blow this is to this team, to this defense, and to Mason Smith himself, he broke the rules. And it sucks. But it is what it is. The rule book is the rule book. And any kind of pushback that you try to give the, to the NCAA, you're, you're going to lose. Because the rules are the rules. As dumb as they were, as dumb as it is to still have to pay the price and serve the punishment for a crime that's no longer a crime. It is what it is. And I did hear Matt Moscona, I believe, reported this, that LSU tried to move the Grambling game to week zero so Mason Smith could serve his suspension then, and he'd be back for Florida State. But logistically, it just didn't work out that way. But I, I do... I have to at least give the football program credit for trying to get, you know, doing whatever they could to get Mason Smith back into that game against Florida State. Because I think we all understand how key and how important that game is to this team, to this season, and eventually, you know, potentially being college football playoff contenders. It's just, it sucks. But that's what I want to get into coming up next is, what does this mean now for this LSU team? Who's stepping up? We'll get into that. Coming up next. Well, thanks again for making Locked on LSU your first listen every single day. We are free and available wherever you get your podcasts. Every day is coming up tomorrow on the podcast. We've got a uh, Florida State preview with Locked on Recruiting Insider Brian Smith. Now, this took a big old turn. You know, Brian and I talked about this earlier this week. Like, we'd love to preview the game, talk about prop bets, and we still will do that. Absolutely. Just has a little bit more of a, a different tone now that Mason Smith will not be in participation. But what does that mean for this team? What does that mean for the defensive line? Now, overall, I think that this these two teams are incredibly evenly matched. And these two teams are going into this game with incredibly high stakes and incredibly high expectations. You look at, we know at LSU, you know, Jaden Daniels coming into his second year. Well, Jordan Travis is, is returning as well. That you've got two teams with incredibly high expectations, both top 10 teams in the, in the country going into this season. I think both head coaches come into this season having something to prove. You know, Mike Norvell didn't have the easiest sledding in his first couple of years at Florida State. I mean, he was like entering the hot seat 
this past season. Florida State has a better year this past year. They want to build upon it. They want to take advantage of a window that they see themselves in. And I think the LSU feels the same way. They want to take advantage of a window that they find themselves in with so much continuity and turnover from such an incredibly successful LSU team this past year. So there's high stakes and high expectations for both of these teams. But it's obviously a huge morale, morale, morale hit to this LSU team that a team leader in Mason Smith is not going to be available. I think it's obviously a huge hit X's and O's wise that Mason Smith is one of your top defensive players. And I say one of, you know, probably Harold Perkins gets the nod of best defensive player on this team. But Mason Smith is an anchor on that defensive line. And Mason Smith has been working all offseason and has done all the right things to come back and be ready this season. And not just be ready this season, but be ready by game one, by week one, to beat Florida State and to start this 2023 season off on a good note. And now he doesn't get that opportunity. And I think that if, if, if LSU drops this game, we're all going to lie awake at night on Sunday night of Labor Day weekend and think, what if we just had Mason Smith? What if this defensive line could just get to the quarterback a little bit easier, a little bit better? What if they could just put a little bit more pressure on Jordan Travis, especially if it's a close game? If, especially if the defensive line struggles early on in this game while they're struggle, still trying to you know build some rapport. So it definitely leaves this team with more question marks now than it did about a week ago. But it's next man up. Look, Makai Wingo is still going to be a staple on this defensive line. And we saw more of Makai Wingo against Florida State this past season because there was no Mason Smith. And I'm not saying that's a good thing, but I'm just saying it's going to give another player an opportunity to step up in his absence. Jacoby and Guillory likely will get the nod. Now, Jacoby and Guillory have seen very limited snaps and very limited action in his past two seasons with LSU. Now, he's going to have to answer the call. And he's going to have to do it in a big way. Because you're not just asking Jacoby and Guillory to step up in week one against Cupcake. You're asking Jacoby and Guillory to step up against what be one, one of the what might be one of the best offensive lines in college football against a Heisman Trophy candidate quarterback. It's not easy to do. Especially a mobile quarterback like Jordan Travis that can escape pressure. So it's going to be tough. It's going to be a really difficult task to ask of Jacoby and Guillory. But you play at LSU. You're a defensive lineman at LSU. You didn't think it was going to be easy, did you? I hope not. Because this league isn't easy. You win and lose games in the trenches in this league. And they are still going to have to win the game that way. LSU is still going to have to win this Florida State game at the offensive and defensive line positions. That doesn't change. Now that Mason Smith is gone, your game plan has to be the same. It just, it concerns me defensively because I've looked at it and said, look, secondary is a little bit of a concern. Maybe a little bit is, is not putting enough uh, emphasis on it. Maybe not enough. Yeah, enough emphasis on it. But now you're going to have to ask the secondary to step up if the defensive line can't affect the quarterback in the way that we think it can with Mason Smith. You're going to have to ask the rest of this defensive line to step up in Mason Smith's absence. 
Now, I think the positive thing here is you got time. It's August 24th. You don't have a lot of time, but you have time. You have a week and a half to pivot. You've got a week and a half to get Jacoby and Guillory snaps. And, you know, this is something that they have known about since the beginning of summer. Like, this isn't something that they are just finding out about. Out about. It's something that we are just finding out about that they have known about within the program. So uh, that's something that they've had to keep in mind and ha- have had to, you know, keep at the forefront uh, throughout fall camp is we want Mason Smith to get in here and get quality reps, but also he's not going to be here week one. So you've got time, one, and two. And this is not to minimize the impact of Mason Smith in the slightest. But you didn't have Mason Smith for a 13 and a half games last year, including the bowl game and the SEC championship game. You didn't have, yeah, you didn't have him for 13 and a half games last year. And you won the SEC West. You can win games without Mason Smith. And that's no disrespect to Mason Smith at all. It just makes your life a whole lot more difficult. And you're going to need somebody to step up in this game. You're going to need a Jacoby and Guillory to step up. You're going to need a Makai Wingo type of breakout performance from one of your young defensive linemen here. It sucks. It sucks. But those are the rules. And they're going to be out without Mason Smith regardless. It just makes me a little bit more concerned defensively about this game. It's margin is razor thin. In this game, you got two really good, two really good teams playing for a whole heck of a lot this season. Next man up mentality, baby. That's the SEC. That's going to do it for me today. Thank you for making Lock and LSU your first listen every single day. We're free and available wherever you get your podcasts. Brian Smith on the podcast tomorrow. We'll have a full FSU LSU breakdown on tomorrow's edition of Locked and LSU.